it was the right thing. JPR's first challenger for his heavyweight title in UKW show dying, which um, was pretty fabulous tonight. Oh, well, on Friday night. It was pretty fabulous from beginning to end. And also, seamless. Didn't look like anything was overcooked. Didn't look like anything was rushed. Didn't look like anything didn't work and was forced. These angles are great. These wrestlers are great. This atmosphere is great. Brett and Shelby on commentary. Always a good thing to see. Persian Empire out first. Bit of a problem with the mic. But then the deal, the deal and the business with Jonathan Sedgwick. Who does, as you'll know, own the company. I have consolidated your amalgamated shares, my liege. Etc. As Mustafa Khan tells him, he had one job to look after my title. There's always the feeling that it is Mustafa Khan's title. And when he feels that he wants to go searching for it, it will be his again. There is that feeling. They've all got belts, you know. The ones who are there tonight. Joe. Johan. Leone. Carasol. They're stocked with belts now. And although Sedgwick won't play ball, that's a bad move. Because they pile into him. And you know what? It looked violent. It looked like a pack of dogs. And that's the right way to do it. They leave Joe, his Jonathan's son, to administer the final punch. But Red Brocco's out. He's got early work tonight. And he tells the, pub, the Persian Empire, I keep calling them the public enemy, don't I? He tells the Persian Empire that they will be banned if they don't leave. They have a huddle, and they do. And while Brocco is jawing with the Persian Empire on the stage, in the ring, Ian Creed just attacks Jonathan. <laughs> it's extraordinary. But what's more, later on, Chris Carsoul will fight Mikey Andrews for his round-the-clock championship. It'll be a wrestling match. It'll be later. It'll be really good. A child cries at this point. Surely not a Chris Carsoul fan. And also, we'll have Leone Rose and Alexandra Lee, if I can say it, tonight for the Women's Championship, which she won at the pay-per-view from Sarah Sky. Now, that is great. It's a beautiful way to do it. It came out of something natural. It didn't make Red Brocco look like this is just something I've been told to set up. It's business with the Persian Empire, so that always looks good. It's a great way to start. And we're immediately into that round-the-clock championship match. And you know what? This might be the match of the night. Well, like quite a lot of UKW wrestling recently, there is 
great stuff generally. What I mean is that the matches from top to bottom are often really good. That's the case tonight, so can't really make a definitive um, a definitive decision, I don't think. I might do by the end of this podcast, you never know. But um, this is, by the way, Steve Swift's rambling reviews. They're rambling, they're reviews. This one's about UKW. If you like UKW, if you like rambling reviews, if you like my work, do say yes, do say no, do give us a, a subscribe. I would love a subscribe. On, on Apple, and Google, and Spotify, and Breaker, and Crystal Set, whatever platform you use to follow your podcasts. And I know a lot of you do follow this podcast, and that's very very kind of you. Now, back to the match. I was really surprised. I thought there would be prevarication from the champion and some kind of win by nefarious means. But no, they lock up. Immediately, Castle, who's taller, taller than Mikey, but not as finely muscled, of course, not nearly as finely muscled, smacks him to the mat. Very soon, Andrews is on top with a big top floor elbow drop which is nice to see Castle picks him up for a Michinoku driver I have not seen this work out of the champion he's been hiding his light under a bushel well if you've seen his Twitter work not really particularly when he tries to take me on never works for him and it didn't work that well for him here either now there's a huge clothesline from Andrews spine buster and that's the pin. It's a bit of a surprise. Not that Castle would lose the title, but that it's definitive. It's a spine buster. It puts him out. It's the pin. He looks incredibly downcast. Mikey Andrews is your new champion. I presume the 24-7 championship will be going in a wrestling way. Not 24-7. It's round the clock, isn't it? The round the clock championship. I keep calling it 24-7, don't I? A bit like Public Enemy and Persian Empire. It was a good match. Really good. And later on, the Yorkshireman, who I must say, and I will do a separate podcast about this, did some superb work on the closing moments of that match at the pay-per-view when Captain Dan was going to get a concerto He did some superb work, and that was what sold the spot. Not much else. Well, no, everybody sold it, but that's what really put it over. Anyway, he wants a match tonight against Joe Sedgwick. And he will get it, I presume. Yes, he will, later on. Spoiler alert. Oh, damn, I've done it too late again. In the meantime, here's Tommy Dillon out to do a bit of commentary. Pulling double duty. He'll be wrestling later on as well, you know. But the reason why he's out is because there are two Genesis or Ignite teams here. The Brotherhood, that would be Flaming Damon Crow and Uther versus Ed Havoc and Tom Savage. Now, they got together um, on Ignite because Havoc came out to save Savage. It's a good um, team, you know. And actually, this was a rather good match, you know. It's, um, for instance... There's a savage, massive clothesline. But um, Flamin' Damon Crow comes back with a spinning kick, followed by a huge senton. He does that really well. He gets some air in that, which is great. Savage and Havoc. Savage and Havoc. Attorneys at law. Sounds like some kind of... Um, actually, Savage and Havoc. So just sound, you could just call them Savage and Havoc. Sounds like, like um, Axe and Smash, doesn't it? 
Anyway, they hit a double suplex. Nasty neckbreaker and splash combo from them as well. That was really well done, you know. But Slamin' Demon Crow comes back with an exploder. There is um, there's a drop kick and a nasty knee uh, to the head from uh, Uther. That was really nicely done. And then um, I really like the way that Crow holds Savage in the ropes for Uther to come from the outside and get the kick in. And then there was a DDT from Flaming Damon Crow for the pin. Good match, you know. And Flaming Damon Crow and Uther want to, they're the broad, want Hunt and Joe next week for the tag team titles because they're the number one contenders. And I think that match will be a really good match because I really like the work that those two do. But I thought that Havoc and Savage, I thought that was a really good showing from them. And I hope we see more of them. Now, here comes the match I was looking forward to. The Yorkshireman versus Joe Sedgwick. Let's hear it for your... No, actually, I'm too angry. He is very angry, actually. After the concerto and all that and the way that he quit. But, but Joe still smacked his partner upside the head with that chair. Now, early on, Joe Sedgwick just won't engage. He's too angry. Leave it. Leave it till he's calmed down a bit. Have a cup of chamomile, not Yorkshire tea. That sort of thing, you know. But the Yorkshireman goes out to the outside for him, uh, smacks him on the outside. There's a big slam there. Then a huge chop when they're back in the ring. Um, Joe Sedgwick knows what he's doing. He rolls out again. Back in the ring, though, there's an ankle lock. Um, Sedgwick... It's a lovely moment, this actually. Hits the chop, celebrates. The Yorkshireman's too angry to even sell that chop. He didn't even feel it. Chops of his own, mounted punches. Yorkshire cutter won't pin him. That was a mistake. Oh, spoiler alert. Done it again. Anyway, hits a spear. This looks like it's going well. Until Joe Sedgwick uses the ropes to roll him up and gets the pin. The Yorkshireman's so angry, he takes the tag belt. Briefly. Not yours, mate. And really, you should have pinned him when you had the chance. You wanted to enjoy it. Now you're not enjoying it. Anyway, out comes Jester J. Rowe Lewis, once removed from the tag titles. He wants violence. He's going in a different direction. He calls out Henry Winter at Hallow Ground, the next pay-per-view. And Henry Winter will be here next week, coincidentally, to answer that. Next, we've got Tommy Dillon versus... Cliff Harrison. Cliff Harrison being booed because he's part of the Dogs of War. Dylan's work has jumped up several notches recently. It's actually, it's a pretty good match this, you know. There's a big beal early on and long sidewalk slam from uh, from Tommy Dylan, who's got the power game really over Harrison. But Harrison, he, he, takes, um, he takes Tommy Dylan over the top to avoid the dead man's hand. Really nice counter that. Then hits the cannonball on the outside. Of course, his mate Reed... His mates, Reed and Mercer, the Mercer. <coughs> Neri are out there with him. He hits the neck breaker. That's always very nicely done. So is Dylan's running side slam. I like that, you know. I do like that. Then he, he gets the Kiara lock in. That makes his two mates or Harrison's two mates think this has gone on too long. They come in and, of course, Dylan wins by DQ. Yes. Then who comes down to help? Horus, fair enough. And Bishop. Okay. And Dylan wants Horus, Bishop, and he, or and him, he, him, him, him. And he wants them to fight the dogs of war next week. 
does this mean then? The bishop is having a face turn. I think he might be. He didn't really look like he was completely comfortable out there. He did look like he wasn't sure. Hearing cheers from the fans, what's this? But they have been teasing that and sort of incrementally pushing that over the last few weeks. So it doesn't surprise me. And actually, as a really big, big killer, he would be good to have as um, as a cheered person. A face, if you're using a wrestling parlance, which I am. Now next, we've got Ian Creed. And we, I'm sure it was Creed who attacked Jonathan Sedgwick. It was him, wasn't it? It wasn't Steve, was it? I think it was Creed. I, don't, I mean, Shelby and Brett talk about why he did it. There's no reason why he did it. I think he's just... I think he's just making a bit of momentum for himself, which is the person he's fighting to this match. Momentum, you see. <clears throat> Such yourselves. Anyway, he attacks Mo early on. When Mo tries to go out the ring and dive at him, he uh, catches him in the apron, uh, the apron skirt, and uh, smacks him up a bit. Only then does the bell ring. Creed tries to put or he does put his fingers in Momentum's mouth. I mean, his attack is really odd, isn't it? And they talk on commentary, Brett and Shelby, about how you'd fight him. And um, Brett talks about how he doesn't want Creed on his podcast. That seems a little bit exclusionary, doesn't it, Brett? And he says that, um, imagine trying to get a 20-minute interview out of Ian Creed. Well, I managed it on my podcast, Brett. You might remember... It was 20 minutes plus. And if, I, and if I'm much mistaken, nothing to do with me, of course, but it was blooming good because Ian Creed was fabulous. He did it from his cave and you could hear him scurrying back and forward. Have a listen. It was a few months ago. He's rather good. That's how you get a 20 minute in. Yeah, I, I don't need to say any more, do I? Actually, I challenge you. Put Ian on your podcast. Go on, mate. I'd like to hear it. Anyway, back in the ring, we've got a falcon arrow from Ian Creed, because let's remember, he can wrestle. As a kick out from Momentum, he then digs in his ear, really savours it, he gets the opportunity to do that this week, because he hasn't had for the last couple of weeks, and he really enjoys it. Mo then comes back with some kicks, misses a moonsault, and then there's that big knee. It's enormous for Ian Creed, for the pin. And I have to say, Mo got some offence, but not much. It was mainly Creed, and it looks like he's being bigged up. And I really hope so, because I really like his work. Next up, another match to savour. They're coming thick and fast tonight, aren't they? It's uh, Leonie Rose versus Alexandra Lee. Now, it does seem, and I did think, I'm sure Leonie Rose won't lose this title, just seven or eight days removed from the pay-per-view where she won it, but you never know with Leonie Rose, and if anyone's going to do it, Alexandra Lee is. Early on, Rose hits the Red Queen, gets a kick out, and Alexandra Lee doesn't seem to be in the match at this point, and doesn't get any chance to work her way in, because out comes Sarah Skye to attack Rose. Lee was just ready to she turn the table somewhat. She was ready to hit something, didn't get the chance. There's a DQ, the only Rose wins, and they square up to each other, and quite rightly too, Lee's not very happy with, with, with Sarah Sky. Sarah Sky smacks her down. You've just compounded the problem. Whilst Leone Rose looks on, 
with her belt, hearing and enjoying the Sarah Sucks chants, and this is really interesting. It's really interesting having Sarah Sky as a kind of tweener. She allowed things to get the better of her, and she did the wrong thing. A bit like Jester J. Rowe Lewis, once removed from the tag team titles. He doesn't have any friends anymore, and Sarah Sky will be in the same situation if she carries on like this. But it's really interesting that they're doing this. So I suppose that's kind of your main event, because the main event is not a wrestling match at all. It's JPR, the champ is here. And um, he's wearing sort of lights within a twinkly jacket and a face mask, a neon face mask or a lighting or face mask which, which has a heart on it. It's beautiful, really good work. He is loved here. And he tells us, he talks of his journey. He's had 10 years at this. He bigs the fans up, not once but twice. And those like me watching on YouTube, and you know, it's lovely to hear it. It's wonderful. And then he gets around to asking if Jonathan Sedgwick, the person, the company, doesn't want the belt or doesn't want a piece of it. Who does? Cue cerebral steez music. That is the music I wanted to hear. Because, I mean, he is on a tear. He is brutal he will take you into the dark into the deep and dark water and he is an extraordinary challenge for JPR's title now if he gets to challenge him immediately I can't see that title changing hands because JPR is loved loved but it'd be a good match wouldn't it and if they get a few other contenders in and then push this match, maybe a couple of pay-per-views down the line, you might think more, or be more inclined to think, that that title would be lost by JPR. They do get into a pushing match. They have to keep them apart. And I, for one, relish the idea of that. That match will be fantastic. And so was Showdown this week. See that segue? fabulous. I enjoy it each and every week. The quality is very seldom dropped. Even if it does, the bar is so high, it's still great. And this was one of the best I've ever seen. Because, as I said at the start, it's seamless. It holds you. It knows what it's doing. And it says, you know, we'll do this for you. You don't need to worry about it. We'll entertain you. Don't you worry. And they do. And long may they continue. Ta-ta.